I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Friday. News in the Patriots versus Chargers. Cam Newton added to the injury list as questionable. The Vegas market reacts. Chargers were pick them, now favored by one and a half over New England. Daniel Jones of the Giants, unlikely to play. The market has moved three and a half points. Downgrade to Colt McCoy. Seattle now favored by 11 versus the Giants. College football title picture. Ohio State is a go against Michigan State. BYU now up to 10 and a half in some spots versus Coastal Carolina. Title odds updated. Alabama plus 140. Clemson plus 225. The Ohio State Buckeyes 5 to 1. BYU 125 to 1. Here comes a four hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Friday, which we call the aftermath. So many hours, countless. Well, Fez counts them. (laughs) Preparing all to distill it into this 40 minutes, hour, 40 minutes of show, hour of show. And I got to tell you. We always say sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. I don't think you could spend an hour and gain more as a sports better if money's your game or gain more knowledge to know more than your buddies than this next hour. That's a pledge I'm going to make. What do you think of that, Steve Fezzik? Love it. Love Fridays. Live on 225 FSR stations across this great nation. Now, we're pros. He's a Joe, but he's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got some skepticism about certain college football matchups that will take place this weekend. But we've also got a busy, busy week 13 in the NFL. What is the Vegas lead here on this Friday? I'm going to do something different. This should be fun. And by the way, in about five minutes, Fez will have his best bet. We start the show pretty much with his best bet. It's kind of like the best actress in the Oscars. Because it keeps people into the early part of the show, Fez. I'm not saying anything, you know, that you're not tough. I think, well, I know typically we would go over Thursday Night Football. There is not, so it gives us an opportunity to do something different. I think there's three or four quarterbacks, Jonas, and we can start with Baker Mayfield that the story about these quarterbacks, and we know quarterback is king in the NFL, the story that you're hearing from the typical shows is playing wrong, or minimum, it's missing a key component in these games. Yeah, and we'll start with Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. They've got a massive matchup, maybe the game of the weekend in the NFL. It's the Browns at the Titans this Sunday, where Tennessee right now on pregame.com is a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Okay, so Baker Mayfield... Jonas, if I asked you as a fan, what is the consensus opinion on Baker Mayfield, what would you say? Average, slightly above average. 
and a disappointment. He's evolved into a game manager. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Okay. I believe that is wrong. I believe that Baker Mayfield, and I'm going to back it up, in some situations is a really good quarterback and in others is a below average quarterback. And those situations are how fast is he forced to play? Now, fast is another way of saying is there a significant rush that's harassing him? Or does he get to drop back, set his feet, and throw the ball? Now, every quarterback does better if they can drop back, set their feet, and throw the ball. But the disparity between Baker Mayfield and other quarterbacks, good quarterbacks, better quarterbacks, is wide. And Baker, against the Ravens, looked horrible. Against the Steelers, looked horrible. These are teams that put a ton of pressure, make him play fast, makes Baker play fast. Against teams like the Tennessee Titans, who get very little pressure, one of the least pressure-creating teams, their defense against the opposing quarterback, Tennessee's as bad as they get in the NFL. Would you agree with that, Fess? I do agree, yes. And I believe Baker, in a spot like this, you could call it the first read, whatever you want to call it. You know, he throws that first read. If he can set his feet and throw, there's a reason he went number one. He went number one because he can throw the ball. What they didn't account for, it seems, is the times he has to play fast. It's a real struggle. And I think there's another reason that Baker Mayfield is underrated in this game. And that reason is, and Fez is going to love this one, Baker has played two and a half very intense, prohibitive win games. So you might think cold is what hinders a quarterback. Not really, unless it's extreme. You might think maybe snow, precipitation. No, not really, unless it's extreme. But wind, wind is the great culprit. And I would say, Fez, that the two of those games, one against the Raiders, one against Houston, it was really as extreme of conditions as I've ever seen in the NFL when it comes to wind. Absolutely. So the 6-16 to loss to uh, Las Vegas, they showed Lake Erie. And it was like any boat that went out there would have capsized 45-mile-an-hour wind. It was impossible. And the game against Houston, wow, 30 to 40 mile an hour wind gusts, both those games impossible. And then, of course, the Philly game, driving rain in the second half, really difficult conditions. So when you look at his recent performance, those games have all fairly recent. It looks like, oh, Baker's not doing much, not many yards. Well, no one would have had yards in those spots. I'm not saying Baker's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. What I'm saying is that he is much better Baker than he seems. The Steelers, for example, when they harass Baker, their pressure rate this season, 35% of dropbacks, they get pressure. The Tennessee Titans, about half that much, 18%. Pittsburgh's number one, Tennessee's number 31. So that, to me, quarterback number one, Baker looks better, is, will likely play better than it seems. Jonas, let's look at the Saints game next. Yeah, the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons will meet up again. This is the second time in three weeks, this time at Atlanta, where New Orleans is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm not a Taysom Hill guy, but I believe the takeaways, even from some professionals, Faz, of what the Saints did against Denver without their quarterbacks 
is playing wrong. So first, what was your take on how to rate the Saints' offense after the Denver game? The Saints' offense underperformed, really didn't accomplish anything. This was all about Denver being completely incompetent on offense. Well, incompetent sounds like it's someone's fault. It's no one's fault <laughs> when, when you don't have a quarterback. Fair, fair, fair enough. End of the first half, Saints were clinging to only a 7 nothing lead, and Taysom Hill had not played well at all, and they just basically handed the ball off second half. Okay, that is wrong. I had him say that just to say, wrong. Here's the reality. And this is something now that Sean Payton has said explicitly, is he was playing to guarantee the best he could, maximize or minimize the chance of losing. And you might say, well, what's the difference between optimal play and minimizing the chance of losing? Well, when you're a clear dominant favorite in anything, let's use Jeopardy as an analogy. So you're playing Jeopardy and you're great. You're so much better than the opponent. And all you care about, let's say, is a win in that game. You're not looking to optimal points or whatever. You just got to win. It's like somehow you're going to be the champion, all-time leader in streak if you win this game. What do you do? You lower the variance. You don't, So optimal play is, oh, you get a daily double. Okay, you've got $7,000. How much do you bet? If you see these great players are very aggressive on Jeopardy because that's the optimal way to maximize the end number. But to win a game, Fez, if that's all you care about, which is different, what do you do? A couple of hundred is all I risk. You try to lower, you try to lower the stakes. Yep. Because if you're better at something, you want there to be less luck. So what did Sean Payton do? He took the luck out of the game, which meant it was suboptimal, but he guaranteed himself a victory. So anyone, I'm not saying Taysom Hill is going to do great, but what I'm saying is the jitter, the, the jibber jabber, because everyone wants to seem smart and say, well, it seems like the Saints scored a lot of points, but really it wasn't all that efficient. Well, let's just swerve back again, 360, but really it was impressive because the intention of the Saints was different than people thought. And boy, it didn't seem like Denver had any chance to win that game couple pick sixes they might have. All right, finally, Jonas, let's talk Texans. It's the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titan, or excuse me, the Indianapolis Colts. And right now, Indianapolis is a three-point favorite on the road at Houston. Deshaun Watson may be the best-performing quarterback in the NFL in 2020. It's just starting to be talked about. But if you look at his streak of touchdowns to interceptions, it's something like 15 straight, 15-0 and 0 are the splits. He lost Hopkins. Some might think the best receiver in football, right up there for sure. But I would make the case, case that Deshaun Watson has played as well as any quarterback, including Mahomes, including Aaron Rodgers, anybody, Russell Wilson, as good as anyone this year, but it isn't being discussed. I think the good performance, four touchdowns on Thanksgiving, has the conversation rolling. But please know, Deshaun Watson, outstanding. But here comes the complication. There's a key receiver suspended for the rest of the season from Houston. Yeah, Will Fuller, who stretches out the defense, averages 17 yards per catch, and makes everybody else better. And, of course, performing enhancing um, substance, he's gone for the year. 
Okay, so here's the thing. Historically, even when Houston and Watkins had, or I'm sorry, Watson had Hopkins, even then, when Fuller was out, it was a big deal. It was like, oh my gosh, did they it depress the everyone's receiving yards, his throwing yards. You would think now without Hopkins, man, you take away Fuller, what do they got? And I think you're right. I think Houston may be in trouble. But the guys from Pro Football Focus had an interesting point. They said, you know, without Hopkins this year, uh, Watson was forced to spread the ball around. He didn't have his security blanket because before it really was Hopkins. That was his security blanket. So to me, even though you're going to have less talent, no doubt about it, without Will Fuller, I think the case could be made that what Watson has done this season was not zero in on any receiver and thus spreading the ball around might be more viable. Where before, it would have been a double whammy. One, the lack of talent at receiver. But two, uh, Watson was uncomfortable throwing to unfamiliar people. Now he seems more comfortable doing that. So, yes, there is a drop in talent without Fuller, but maybe not as devastating as we think. I think this game is going to be very telling, but I just wanted to put that thought out there. What do you think of that, Fess? Yeah, especially with uh, the number four wide receiver that got let go and the number three wide receiver. I don't know if he's going to be able to play Cobb. So because of that, Watson's going to have to throw to new guys here. You know something, Jonas? We over-deliver so much. I'm gonna, we're going to have to take our first, first commercial. Anyone <laughs> says, well, Feds are supposed to have his pick. Well, send in for a refund because we're giving you way too much good stuff for you to complain. When we come back, it will be Fez's best bet. Then our most popular segment of the week, we go through every game and give you one thing you need to know about each one of them. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. The government runs the business. The government keeps stores. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a closer look at every single game in the NFL this Sunday. And first, starting off with Fez's best bet. Great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. Hopefully, Fez picks some winners and returns that favor. We promise to try hard to continue making this the best football season for us yet right now oh by the way the weekend's a great time check out the podcast just search for straight out of vegas wherever you get your podcast subscribe there you go you can catch up on the weekend here in las vegas on the strip 60 degrees the neon is flowing so rj with steve fezzik's best bet we must go to the final game on sunday and that game is in kansas city where it's the broncos at the chiefs oh fez i gotta tell you something I actually rarely disagree with your best bets. 
I don't agree with this one. Let's hear it. Interesting. So I like Denver plus 13 and a half. This is a really rare situation, RJ. I'm going to make a case that Kansas City, despite playing a division game, that this is an extreme flat spot for Kansas City. Look at their schedule. They just played two really intense road games at Vegas for the go ahead and wrap up the division and then at Tampa Bay. What's on deck? Road games against good teams at Tampa and at the Saints. So here's their spot. Wait, on deck is at Tampa. I'm sorry, at Miami okay. and at the Saints. So here's the so spot. Do you want to reevaluate your pick? No, no, no. So Kansas City has four big road games, and here in the sandwich, in the middle, they get to play Denver, a team that they have just pulverized well, the hold last. Hold on a second. Let's go one concept at a time now. So you're telling me when you have to play only one home game in five. That home game's a disadvantage. Wouldn't that be the the time that you're not at a disadvantage? No, I think this is a time where Kansas City just exhales, says, you know what? Don't have any problem with any Broncos. Beat the heck out of them the last three times we played them. All right, so what you're saying is the fact they've dominated this team is a negative. Yes. See, uh, down is up, up is down. This is a team that shows that showed complacency. We saw it already against the Chargers now and let against me ask Carolina. You a question. You're changing the subject. Let me ask you a question. If... Denver had beat Kansas City, let's say, the last three times. Would you not pick this game? I would not pick it. Okay. Because then Kansas City would be would not have a sandwich spot like but they I, have. But I guess the question is, if you're good enough to beat the team, you don't need them to be in a sandwich spot. And well, Kansas City knows they're good enough. Kansas City, I, I saw backflips against Tampa Bay going in the end zone. This is a team that's starting to showboat, and I could easily see them coming up flat in this game. Where do you where do you rank Drew Locke right now in your quarterbacks? Oh my goodness, number twenty six. Well, that's generous. It is generous. Who's behind him? Andy Dalton. You're crazy. Andy Dalton's so much better than Drew Locke. I mean, it's not even close. You you want to? We're playing the aliens. <laughs> For, by some catastrophe, we got to pick between Drew Locke and Andy Dalton. And you're saying Drew Locke, you're up. Yes. Red, Red, sit down. Yes. I don't believe Jonas. Do you, it almost invalidates everything else he says. <laughs> that, that's it's a close one. I would I would still lean Andy Dalton just because I've seen. Well, what's more a QBR? Dalton. That's what you, you. That's your Bible, apparently. He's number thirty. Who Lock is? is. Uh, and where's Andy Dalton? I don't have him qualifying. Well, not enough. Okay. Well, go to passer rating. Mackenzie, look at passer rating. I want to see this because I can promise you Drew Locke is not better than Andy Dalton. <laughs> All right. So, where do you, so you, we would agree Denver Football Outsiders, where's the def, or the offense ranked? Uh, one second here. Me... Because my guess is it's going to be somewhere, I don't know, 30? 30? 32nd. That's last. Yes. So you're saying, I want to take the worst offense against the best offense. Like, at what point, how many points do you think your sandwich spot is worth? Couple points. Couple points. So, how many points is the best against the worst worth? Well, my power rating on the two teams that make it makes the game 13. But you have Drew Locke irrationally listed, so, uh, you know, or ranked. So what does your power ratings mean to me? I don't I don't think he's irrationally ranked. Well, I know you don't. That's why no one thinks they're irrational, right? Imagine I'm saying, you're wrong. You know, I am wrong. No, if someone's wrong, they don't say it. I know you think you you got Drew Log ranked correctly. Do we got those passer ratings, McKenzie? Yes, Locke is 31st with a 68. 
Dalton, if he would qualify, he would be at the 28th range. So better. Yeah, well, better. What are you shrugging? Like, like, the fact if it's even tied means that you should have them tied. I'm not saying the passer rating is the only thing that matters, but what sure. I'm saying is don't shrug like, like oh, split the difference. Yeah. Fair enough. I, um, it feels like, now let me ask you a question. It just feels like, I agree with you generally, Kansas City is a flip the switch kind of team, as much as any team in the NFL has been for a while. And this does feel potentially flat. I don't know about road or sandwich. It's just a team they should be able to beat pretty easily. But it just feels like the other team has to have some sustained offense at some point. And I just don't see where that offense is coming from. And it feels like this line is a count. I remember when the Raiders, when they did beat, remember, you know, this game was at Kansas City, just like this one. When they beat Kansas City, the line in that game was right around 14, if I recall. You remember that game? I have to look it up. Yeah, look it up. But I know it was between, you know, above 12. So my question is, like, it seems like Denver's getting a lot of respect right here. Yeah, I, like I said with my ratings, though, they're not— Oh, Jesus, enough with the ratings, mm-hmm. dude. I mean, I get that what your ratings say. I'm saying that let's compare— it. How's this, Faz? Why don't you do this? Why don't you just read the ratings to us? What, what, no, and then we can end the conversation. Is that what you want? No. Then why do you keep referring to the ratings? I got that you have ratings that say, hey, I'm going to draw a, a couple numbers here real quick. Okay, Denver, I'm going to rate as sucks— and then, <laughs> let me see, Kansas City as great. Okay, now I'm just going to point at that the rest of the conversation. What do you think? Do you have anything to redeem Denver at all? No, it's the spot. So, it is the so spot. no matter who they played, you would want to bet against Kansas City here? No matter yes, who? Yes, yes. All right. Jonas, what do you think of this professional handicapping? Um, bit all over the place, but, <laughs> I mean, Kansas well, but City— His ratings, his ratings— yeah, and I, I do think, you know, Denver gets a little bit of a boost just getting their quarterbacks back. But the way Kansas City's looked, it just feels like they can step on the gas at any point. I just, I don't know. And in prime time, if this were an early game mixed in with Ooh. the bunch, the fact that this is in prime time, it gives them an opportunity to show off. They're, they're one of those show-off offenses. So it feels like You know, Kansas that's an City interesting point, Faz. How flat can a team be in prime time? <laughs> that is interesting. What's your rating say about that? Did not adjust for that. <laughs> Jonas, you might have had the key point right here. <laughs> so, best bet from Faz. This is, this is what I call a duct tape shoe bet. The guys who bet this way used to make money in like 2004. When did you come to Vegas, Faz? 2001. Mm-hmm. I bet you bet a lot of these games back then. Lots and lots of them. And now they wear duct tape on their shoes. You know why? Because they can't afford new shoes. Be careful of this one. All right, RJ. Now we move on to the remainder of Sunday's games in the NFL. We're going to start in the NFC North, and we're going to go with the Chicago Bears, who are a three-point favorite hosting the Detroit Lions. So remember, Fez has seven picks he has to make in our ongoing bet. And remember, seven, tough to win betting seven sides, and that's why he's struggling, and we got to bet $100 on every game automatically. Trubisky versus the Lions the last three seasons, his passer rating has been 124. 12 touchdowns, one interception. All other games during these three years, passer rating 82. 124, 82. Why 124 against the Lions? 
because Patricia insisted on playing man-to-man a ton, and Trubisky struggles against zone, is better against man. The question is, with Patricia gone, what will happen to the Lions' defense? Can they really switch up with the personnel they have in 10 days? If they do, advantage Lions. If they don't, could be a great game for Trubisky. Next up, the Miami Dolphins are a 10-and-a-half point favorite on pregame.com, hosting the Bengals. Two quick points. One, part of these Kansas City games is next week Miami plays Kansas City. You've got to wonder, a young team laying double digits, which is always dangerous with a really look ahead, that's a question mark. Another thing, Tua seems less than 50% to play. We consider it an upgrade if Fitzpatrick plays. So you can make your own assessment, but the market, the batters believe Fitzpatrick is better. We've got an AFC South matchup in Houston. The Colts are a three-point favorite on the road at the Texans. Colts looked really bad last week, but they have a key defensive lineman, especially against the Titans, Buckner's his name, who was out on the COVID reserve list. He is now activated And I believe, you know, some of you have heard the name, many of you have, but the importance of Buckner last week, his absence was night and day, and he's important in every game. So don't really be as harsh with the Colts from last week as you might be, and know this week with Buckner back, it is a key for the Colts. The Jags at the Vikings, Minnesota, a 10-point favorite. Mike Glennon is the starting quarterback. Fez, let me play devil's advocate for a second. Why don't we see the stash? Why isn't the stash playing? Well, the stash supposedly has some thumb injury that he hasn't fully recovered from. How long does it take (laughs) to recover from a thumb injury? I think he'd be ready. The question is, and it's time to start asking it, is Jacksonville trying to win? I know the players aren't not trying on the field. right? They're trying on the field. But the coaching staff, the front office... Do they want to win these games? Because that second pick is mighty juicy. And right now, that's the position the Jags are in to be the second pick. I don't know if you can bet a team that isn't trying their hardest to win. And I don't know if Jacksonville is. Well, I can bet Jacksonville plus the 10 because they don't have to win. They just have to hang in there. And Mike Glennon looked like a competent quarterback against the Browns last week. So this is what's fascinating. So you had to make your picks at 245 Pacific. Yes. The line is currently 10 and a half. So you're already off a key number. Oh, man, that's got it. I, I hope that doesn't throw you off the rest of the game. Fresh off a blowout loss on the road. The Raiders find themselves on the road yet again. This time, though, an eight-point favorite at the Jets. Here's what we know. If you bet a big underdog like the Jets, it's not always that you like the Jets. It's that you question the motivation of the Raiders or the favorite. I don't think it's possible to question the Raiders' motivation here. They just got embarrassed against Atlanta last week. So last week makes them focus this week. And you know what? Last year does too because the Jets demolished them last year. So you've got double reason the Raiders are going to be laser-focused. And I believe the Jets are overrated, which sounds shocking, because they've had some covers they've been very lucky in. So I actually, one of my favorite picks, not my best bet, is the Raiders. And I'm on them again lost last year. On who? I'm on Las Vegas with you. Oh, okay. 34-3, you nailed it, RJ. You lose to a horrible team like the Jets, it's payback time. 
The Atlanta Falcons find themselves a two and a half point home underdog hosting the Saints. Here's the thing about the Saints. If you look at power ratings every week, and you don't see this often where you would see the plot of a team. So let's say a team starts off at plus six points, then they go to six and a half, then they go to six, then five, then seven. It's going to be an ebb and a flow, like a stock chart, right? Well, I've heard two different professionals tell me the Saints are the only team they can remember that haven't gone down one week. From the start of the season till now, they've either stayed flat week to week or gone up week to week. Now, why is that important? It's in a COVID year when more than ever a team has to evolve as the season progresses. The Saints and Sean Payton are evolving as well as any team, and that defense has gone from underperforming with the Saints to literally maybe in the top three. I think it's Rams, Steelers, and the Saints, and maybe the Bears if they're playing hard. I really think the Saints are the right side here. A lot of wise guys, we'll call them duct tape shoe guys, are going to like Denver here. Oh, Fez, you got this? Oh. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm a duct tape shoe guy. I like Atlanta. I agree with what you're saying about the Saints, but I love what Atlanta's doing under Morris since he took over. They're outscoring their opponents by nine points per game. And how much are the Saints outscoring their opponents by? Hey, by the way, what line did you get on this? Three. Oh, lucky. <laughs> RJ, the Browns and Titans will be your best bet coming on later on in the show. So from there, we go to the Pacific Northwest. It's the Seahawks hosting the Giants. Seattle, an 11-point favorite on pregame.com. Okay, think about this with Seattle, and I'm going to make this quick. They've had a weird confluence of events where they've either played a really tough game or they played a game on national TV that wasn't so tough. So Eagles, not so tough, but national TV. Cardinals before that was a big game. Rams before that, big game. Bills before that, a big game. 49ers before that, a big game. Cardinals before that, a big game. And then before that, the Vikings on Sunday night. Then the Cowboys, Patriots. Think about this run of opponents for Seattle. Patriots, Dallas, um, Miami, which obviously is better now, but not as good, all right? Vikings, Cardinals, 49ers, Bills, Rams, Cardinals, Eagles on Monday night, and now finally the Giants. Woo! Let down spot if I've ever seen one. It's the Rams at the Cardinals right now. L.A. is a three-point favorite on pregame.com. Okay, so a lot of love for Kyler Murray generally, but so much of that has to do with his ability to run the ball. And it's a situation where... The prior two games, he's only ran the ball five times and five times. In the five games before that, he averaged 11 rushing attempts per game. So his shoulder is supposed to be hurt, and when a quarterback that runs is hurt, it not only makes him less efficient, it makes him oftentimes less willing to run the ball, and that can be deadly for a team that needs the quarterback to run. Yep, and I think Aaron Donald is salivating at this matchup. I like the Rams. All right, you like the Rams. Any reason except that I like it? You, you nailed the reason. You know, I'm not sure I actually like the Rams here. It's a jumbo spread. It's three, right? Is that what you played? I at? laid two and a half. No way you laid two and a half. It's two and a half? Gee, he's making up his own lines right now, Jones. <laughs> All right, I'm going to check on that line. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. 
All right, we got two big games left to go over. Eagles, Packers, Patriots, Chargers, plus my best bet of the week, plus a bonus total play that I've already bet. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., we have three more games to take a look at. One of them is your best bet, but let's conclude our pick palooza as we look around and go from Eagles at Packers, where right now Green Bay at Lambeau Field is an eight-point favorite on pregame.com. A couple interesting things in this game. One, Philly is not afraid of good teams. They beat San Francisco, who at the time was perceived as a good team. I think they were. They almost beat Pittsburgh, or at least were competitive, and they almost beat a two-point conversion from overtime, Baltimore, who was playing very well at the time. So they're not going to be intimidated. Additionally, this Philly team went into Green Bay last year and dominated Green Bay on the ground. So what does that mean? That could be advantage Eagles because, look, the matchup is good, or it could be advantage Green Bay because they're going to be on alert that this Eagles team, even though they're over a touchdown underdog, got to be taken seriously. Fez, which of those two do you come on the, down on the side of? Green Bay is going to be on alert because not only did they lose to the Eagles, but also the Eagles, even though they have a really bad record, here's a team they still won the Super Bowl recently. Green Bay would be sky high for this game. Sky high? Sky high. You're high if you think they're going to be sky high. This is what I know. Aaron Rodgers was doing a victory lap, it seemed like, in the media this week. I kind of like Philly here. RJ, this was the subject of your guys' crossfire yesterday between you and Steve Fezzik. It's the Patriots at the Chargers. Right now, though, L.A. is a one-and-a-half-point favorite on pregame.com. And we talked about in the headlines, Cam Newton on the injury list, questionable. I was on the Sports Hub Fox affiliate in Boston, and those guys are as connected as you get. Today, I was talking to them on air, and they think there's a real chance Cam doesn't play. And that would be a downgrade, even though Cam hasn't played great. Stidham is a downgrade. It's interesting. If you like teasers right now, Fez, you can get the Pats plus seven and a half on the six point teaser. What do you think? Mm, and all the Chargers do seemingly is play close games, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, unless you, uh, I, <laughs> last week I had them plus six, and somehow they failed to do that. Couldn't get in the end zone at the end. But <laughs> hey, we'll leave that be. Here's what I'll say about this game. It's one thing to say the greatest coach of all time, and I'm talking about Belichick, not Anthony Lynn, versus a poor coach, a bad coach, whatever you want to say. It's not personal. It's about his job performance, and it's obvious the great coach has an edge but I believe there's a bigger edge here and that's the fact that the Chargers and Herbert have had one bad game this year against the Miami Dolphins where the Miami Dolphins run the same defense as the Patriots it's kind of New England South 
So Belichick, we know the scheme will work, but now he has that test game to see what Flores did or Flores did, and he's going to get to tweak it and trick Herbert, perhaps. And oh, by the way, Belichick tends to trick young quarterbacks, first-year quarterbacks and second-year quarterbacks against Bill Belichick, going back to his days in Cleveland. Belichick covers 65% against the spread. That's almost incomprehensible. Almost two out of three games with the spread. The Vegas is saying, we're going to try to split the action, baby, or split the result. Belichick says, nah, I'm going to win two out of three. You ever see anything like that? I have not. Who do you like in this game? I'm on the Chargers here, and you're right. If I win this, it's going to have to be with my defense. Cam Newton runs the ball over nine times per game. So now he's got an ab issue. That's going to be a major problem if Cam plays. And like you said, if he doesn't, big downgrade to Stidham. Big downgrade? Two and a half points. Yeah. That's big for a quarterback? Well, it's significant downgrade. Two and a half points. Hmm. You know, there's a saying, Jonas, when you can win with the truth, why lie? Right? Yeah. Why lie, Fess? <laughs> RJ, it's time for your best bet. And for that, it is the game of the weekend in the NFL. A couple of eight and three teams will battle in Nashville. It's the Browns at the Titans. Tennessee on pregame.com is a five and a half point favorite. Come on, baby, $80,000. <laughs> the $80,000 special. No, I love the Browns here. And here's why. We talked about Baker Mayfield early in the show that the win games and the type of defenses, the win games have depressed his stats, and the type of defense that he struggles with is the high pressure, fast thinking is required of him types of defenses. And that's not what Tennessee has one of the worst uh, defenses at creating pressure in the NFL. But let's look at the other side. In stocks, Warren Buffett style, Warren Buffett style, you want to. Buy low, sell high. Well, Tennessee, Fez, I'm guessing your power rating on Tennessee is better today than it's been at any point during the season. Yes, it is. So right now, Tennessee, by a professional Fez and by almost everyone, thinks Tennessee is the best now as their perception was the entire year. Well, you know what? Chances are the perception is too high. Typically, Fez, when you reach that high point, it tends to go the other way. Sometimes it just keeps going up, but that's rare. They beat Baltimore, but that was kind of a coin flip game. And then they Tennessee beat the heck out of Indy. But I'll tell you right now, without uh, Buckner, it was a situation that they just could run the ball. And remember, Henry's had literally over 50 carries combined in the last two weeks Maybe a fatigue issue, and we're getting up, well, five and a half points now. A lot of points to be getting. I think these teams might be almost even. What do you got the power ratings between the two? So I got Cleveland only two points worse. Okay, so you're saying the line should be three. Yes. But it's five and a half. That's the definition of value. You got this one, Fez? (laughs) Hit it. And RJ, we trust. Miles Garrett comes back for Cleveland. I like Cleveland also. All right. Just RJ got it. I got it. All right. (laughs) Quick, I'm going to give you a total here. Is I actually like, you know, I was going to, I'm changing between a couple games here. Let's see what I want to give them. I'm going to give, I'm going to give actually under and the Titans Browns this same game. 53 is the current total, and the rationale here is simple. 
if you look at the points, they do score a lot. That's why this is a high total. But they both want to run the ball. And when, a game, when the game pace has running and running and running, I think this clock's moving too fast to go over. So we're going under in the Browns game. If you missed any of today's show, including a preview of every single game in the NFL this Sunday, plus multiple best bets, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas. We are back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can find this show on the iHeartRadio app. Straight Out of Vegas! 